Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 47. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Almost a full panel tonight. We've just got Dana down, uh, down and out, but we've got Mickey, and we've got Coz, and we're excited to talk all things rugby league. All right, guys, let's jump straight into it. Let's dive into our warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Wait on the set. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, team, I'm wearing black. I'm officially in mourning. Uh, still trying to get over what the hell happened in Game 3 of State of Origin. I mean, that was... I mean, look, to all the pun, uh, to all the punters out there, especially those dirty, rotten Queenslanders, I'm sure you guys uh, made some serious bank on that on that one. But, um, yes, there we go. Queensland win the State of Origin series in Season 2022. I just cannot believe it. But... Look, you know, removing the New South Wales bias uh, for one moment, that was one of the greatest games of football I think I've ever seen. You know, the, the physicality, the, the the start to that football game, losing three players, three HIAs, that was absolutely incredible. So, um, look, shout out to all of the players involved. Um, you know, clearly demonstrated that they are the absolute elite players in the game and, um Cannot wait uh, for next year's State of Origin to to, uh, to come around. But at the end of the year, we've also got the World Cup. So plenty of representative football just around the corner. Uh, Warm-up, guys. Bit of a hypothetical, though. If there was a fourth Origin game, because there was a little bit of a talk about this, like, you know, with the World Cup being in the UK, you know, um, you know what would it look like if we did a fourth exhibition Wembley Stadium, you know, Origin fixture? So... You know, it, it would sell out in minutes. But anyway, my question for you is what changes would you make to your side, New South Wales or Queensland, depending on who you support? Now, Cos, you're sitting over there beating your chest. You're pretty happy with yourself there, <laughs> big grin on your face. Um, no changes for you, my friend, for your mighty Queenslanders? Well, you don't change a winning formula, but somehow you have to fit Munster into, that, into the team. Um, but just everyone that played in that third game was just, they earned their spot and they deserve to be there. So it is a hard um, juggle. And then next year, if like Cotter's fit, like he's got to be in there too. So it's actually a good problem to have. Unexpected, I think, oh my God. to have, um, you know, there was hope for a win, but I've, I've watched the game a couple of times. Like I still don't know how it happened, but it was just so good. <laughs> so good. It's, it's just crazy to think like, you know, who knows how the rest of this competition is going to iron out. But, you know, these North Queensland Cowboys are no joke. Tommy Dearden, you know, that, that kid, that kid's probably going to go and take over the league. So to think that, to your point, next year you're going to have a player like that, that that might miss out. I mean, he has just set himself up incredibly. And, and what a, you know, just the balls on the kid. You know, you are a child and you get told, mate, it's you. Like, we are down and out. No one thinks we're going to win. And Billy Slater had no hesitation to say, mate, you know, it's you. We're not going to play any silly games. Um, incredible by Billy. Incredible by that young kid. And uh, anyway, giving, giving Queensland too much of a rap here, aren't I? Uh, Mickey, what about yourself? Mate, that was that was disappointing, wasn't it? It was. I, um, oh, I think Stephen Crichton should be out and bring White. And he needs – White needed to be there. 
I don't know why they just had him sitting at 18th man, but I feel like he would have been kicking himself all game as well, just like watching on, wishing he was out there. Yeah, some players you just, oh, I don't know whether you, you just, it, it's hard with Jack White. I just feel like, you know, Freddie Fittler, you know, might have just underestimated his value. And when you go back and you reflect on what he's done at origin level, I mean, it's it's easy to, to say that in hindsight. But, um, yeah, definitely a player that will no longer underestimate moving forward and, and maybe <laughs> someone who might find the, find their way onto the bench. Um, that's going to be really interesting though, Mickey, because if he does sort of, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of people are saying Jack's got to be there in that 14, that probably could end the origin career of a player like Damian Cook as well, because, you know, you're not going to have Damian Cook, Apicoris out and a Jack Whiten in the, in the same sort of team. So yeah, interesting times ahead. Look for me, you guys know what I'm like. I overreact, I panic, I sack everyone and I bring in all new players, but trying to be realistic, obviously Luttrell and Tommy, they're going to come straight into play, which I think will be really good. Keep an eye on Sawali. I mean, we keep talking about Alaska. You know, you just think about where is he going to be 12 months from now? And, I, you know, to be honest, I think he might pick up um, his teammate's jersey there from Daniel uh, Tupo. The other interesting uh, situation is the Olakowatu, uh, Homoli Olakowatu situation with Manly. You know, he's sort of come out and said, oh, I'm a Queensland supporter and, you know, he's going to go and play for Tonga. Um, you know, we can obviously hold our line and say we're not interested in a player like that. But after losing an Origin series, I'd be sitting him down with a coffee, maybe a beer, something a little bit stronger, and just saying, mate, uh, how do you feel about putting on a blue jersey next year potentially? Because, um, look, he's an out-and-out superstar, and he's absolutely tearing sides to pieces. And we just lack that. Um, we lack someone with, with with his type of play. Um, And, look, you know, not necessarily going to make the top 17, but some players who will be in and around that squad who I think Freddie should potentially look at and invest some time. Uh, Dylan Edwards, I think, is starting to be a player that, that should, you know, just get a reward in terms of a camp. Isaac Artungo from uh, the Penrith Panthers. Again, 12 months from now, I think he'll be the talk of the town. And keep an eye out on Penrith Panthers-bound Luke Garner from the West Tigers. I think he's a great up-and-coming second rower. Uh, gets hidden in that uh, mess at West Tigers. But, you know, if he heads over to the Penrith Panthers, he'll be a world beater as well. So there we go. We fixed all the world's problems. There's some changes for New South Wales. Next year, we'll clearly get the clean sweep 3-0 and try and right the wrongs of what was an unbelievable 2022 series. All right, team. Well, you know, we really do enjoy talking our football, but this has got to be one of our all-time favorite segments, All Ball, where we get to focus in on a specific player. Uh, Let's dive into it, team. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith this outstanding leader? Thurston, he hits it, he's got it! He's got the field goal! Andrew Jock, inside for Elba. You just knew something special was going to happen. All right, Coz, no time to waste. Now, it's a shame, obviously, Dana's not here because this player means a lot to her, very special player. And, Mickey, there's obviously a little bit of a connection with you as well. So I think this one uh, keeps a lot of people happy. Uh, tonight, we are featuring none other than the great uh, Cooper Cronk, uh, you know, a player who, at five foot 10, 89 kilos, ringing wet. Um, Coz, let's take it, excuse me, let's take it all the way back to the start of his career because that's what makes this whole thing so interesting. You know, we, we're going to go through his CV. We're going to talk about all of his accomplishments and where he got to. But, Cos, let's be honest. This was an undersized kid who really didn't have a position. You know, it, it's not like he was the next up-and-coming halfback. 
you know, he went down to Melbourne. The club took a chance on him. He took a bit of a chance and, um, yeah, just goes to show uh, what that Melbourne Storm system's all about. But talk us a little bit about the start of Cooper's career. I was going to say um, he is the poster boy for perseverance and persistence because, like I said, he wasn't a, a standout star when he first made, um, you know, his way into rugby league, um, playing with North Devils um, as a utility back. Again, when North were aligned with the Storm and they had a couple of those guys coming through who ended up becoming you know, some of the stars of the game. But he got overshadowed a lot because of that as well. I think he just um, he's just someone that worked really hard to get where he was because he, like you said, he didn't really have all the attributes that you know outsiders could see um, as a player when he when he first started. Um, but he, yeah, South Acacia Ridge Junior played rugby union obviously through his school, but then um, made his way through Cup into NRL and then just rewrote the way that people think about him just by his performances on the field and, and just like a champion, uh, out-and-out champion halfback. So, and yeah. you can't, well, yeah, how many premierships he's won as well, like outstanding. It's pretty special. Mickey, you know, one of the things that I often think about with Melbourne Storm is when I look at them, I think, you know, I think of that franchise as almost being a club in Queensland. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I know that geography probably isn't my strong suit, but yes, I do know that Melbourne isn't in Queensland, but we can talk about that a little bit later. But what I mean by that, Mickey, is to Cos's point, all of their reserve grade feeder systems, you know, there's some local comps in Melbourne and everything like that, but they align themselves with Queensland Cup teams. And you look at all of the greats that have come through that system. I mean, I just I can't imagine what the Melbourne Storm franchise would look like without this Queensland flavour, and I'm sure the club didn't know who they were getting. This young kid that came through that system for North Devils, and you know he's turned out to be the incredible player he is. But again, yeah, talk to us a little bit about your own memories of Cooper, because you know Cos is right. You know this isn't a guy who had all of the physical attributes of some of his teammates, like a you know a Greg Inglis or. You know, even modern some of the modern day players, but yeah, he he was he was an out and out champion. Yeah, he was like I think he was a player that I before he came to the Roosters, I loved to hate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I was like I hated him because he was so good, and I was like I was like jealous of it maybe. Um, but then and then when he was there was the talk of him coming to the Roosters. I was a big Mitchell Pierce fan, so I was like. God, he's taking he's taking my favorite player's spot. Like, what is going on? So I had like a little bit of that, I don't know, saltiness towards him. But he's like a great player. So it was not obviously a silly signing or something, you know. Um, and obviously Mitchell Pierce was moving on, whatever else. But yeah, I um I think he's just like like a great thinker. Like he can just read the game just so well like and he just makes it look so easy he did he did and you know let's obviously uh go through his career so 323 games for the melbourne storm 49 for the sydney roosters guys that puts him at a total of 372 games of football i mean you can tell he half likes what he uh, half likes his rugby league thing um you know representative career 38 caps for australia that is that is incredible uh, 22 games for queensland and uh you know we we're going to talk more about his representative career i mean there's there's a lot to cooper cronk um you know why was he successful 
Cos, what we're starting to see with his shift into media, I know he does a, a little bit of podcasting, obviously not a good, not as good of a podcast as this one, obviously, but, you know, he still does his thing and does all right because in all seriousness, you know, his football IQ, his intelligence, it's unrivaled. There's not too many players out there that have that level of understanding of rugby league. It's, it's pretty special what Cooper Cronk's got between his ears. Yeah, he is incredibly articulate and I think uh, – you know, when you look back at um, his career, there are those interviews as well that, you know, people used to make fun of him because he would express himself in a way that was not particularly rugby league. But like, I love that. I love that he's a different type of personality in the game. But, he, yeah, he was so astute with the game. Um, he's current, obviously, commentating as well. Um, he's currently an independent director with the QRL, so he, he does have a bit of say in the direction of the game in Queensland. So that's a real positive, I think, for... Queensland-based rugby league fans as well because he he knows what he's talking about and knows um, you know what the game means at all levels. He's been to the been all the way from grassroots to the top. He knows the whole pathways. Um, but yeah, he just yeah so in, intelligent and I think because he's he was skillful. I, I read somewhere he's skillful but not flashy. That's was in his bio. It's like that's one hundred percent how you describe him. Like he just worked really hard, but knew. Um, knew what he wanted to do, so he would. he's one of those ones that, you know, would keep kicking until it was perfect, like, you know, persistence and perfection, um, and that sort of um, that sort of drive helped his teammates as well, and I think just to show, you know, to not accept mediocrity, like even if, you know, you aren't a superstar, you can work your way to being, you know, if you really work hard, you can make it all the way to the top, and I think, um, he is a, a great example of that. Yeah, and, and I just, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, obviously he he arrives at Bondi, and I think he sends shockwaves through that club, you know, for a few different players who probably thought that they were, to your point, you know, training as hard as they possibly can or preparing as well as they possibly can. And then, you know, in comes, in walks Cooper Cronk and uh, schools you within a couple of months and you quickly realise, hang on, there's levels to this. And Cooper Cronk, obviously, very, very special. You know, one of the things that I was a little bit concerned watching him throughout his career is um, not that I was jealous because, you know, my wife had a massive crush on him. I think it was Bonk the Cronk. I think that was the big thing coming through. He was a bit of a heartthrobber. Um, but it was, you know, would, would Cooper Cronk's career get lost amongst some of the greats? You know what I mean? He came through a time where he was playing with um, Greg Inglis. There was Israel Folau. Um, obviously, there was Cam Smith. There was Jonathan Thurston. There was Billy Slater. And you just wonder whether, you know, is he, is he really going to be able to be remembered? Uh, but, you know, when, I guess... You know, he he was slowly able to kind of write his own narratives and and really make sure that he was able to establish it. And you know, there was a few moments throughout his career. I remember in two thousand and fourteen, cause he broke his arm in game one of a state of origin series. Six weeks later, he rocks in for the the decider. Now, cause we're going to talk about some other stuff to come later, but that was one small part that really showed you some of his, you know, he, he was just incredibly tough. I mean, look, I'd, I'd be milking that broken arm for six months, let alone six weeks. Uh, talk us a little bit about that because Cooper Cronk, you know, obviously not in, not in, not in uh, size or weight, but, you know, he was, he was one of the tougher players to play our game. Yeah, so that's pretty tough. But I think, again, it sort of shows like any rehab that he has to do, he's going to do it and do more. So to anything that you had to do to get back on the field, 
like any work that had to be done, like, you know, like you said, some people might not slack off, but you'd have every excuse to go, oh, you know, this is a bit of a setback. I'll take my time getting. But he's just, I think, such a driven personality, such a driven person that, you know, any work to get that he had to do to, to get back on the field, to get back out what he wanted to be doing, he was going to do that. So, yeah, that's a pretty remarkable turnaround from an injury. Incredible. Uh, heads to Bondi, heads to the Sydney Roosters, and I really feel like this was probably the biggest risk of his career because let, let's paint a different narrative. Say he comes in, um, and, and it was unbelievably ballsy from the club to move on from Mitchell Pearce. I mean, Mitchell Pearce is no... He he is a great player in his own right. Um, You know, I'm sure we'll be doing one of these feature episodes on his career. You know, you just don't see that. You don't see, you know, a really good, almost great player getting replaced by another one. That was... That was a Sydney Roosters being like, we are in win-now mode. We just need this one more player. So incredible move there. But, you know, he comes down and, you know, you know four premierships in total throughout his career, the 2018-2019 back-to-back. Mickey, talk to us about your memories there because Cooper Cronk, he came in, and it's a bit of a cliche, but he was the missing piece there for the Roosters. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's sort of where we were, like, peaking and then we were just, like, you know, hit that hit the peak and then he left and now we're slowly going down again. Um, but, yeah, him coming in and then winning those two grand finals with us, I think that made him one of, like, the first modern era players to win three consecutive um, grand finals but then with two different clubs as well and then even just appearing in then four different grand finals with different clubs as well, like, in those consecutive years like it's pretty like crazy to think about but I guess like another memory like of those grand finals was 2018 like when he played with that broken scapula like that's hectic like that is some tough shit because I mean Mickey's exactly right I mean I was talking about the broken arm in state of origin he probably just you know, whacked a little bit of deep heat, a little bit of strapping tape on that. But, I mean, there's no fixing a fractured scapula. I mean, that just, I mean, you know, that that, that that's just not right. I mean, but, you know, because I don't, I don't know. There, there'd be very few players that you would put in that position to say, look, your brain, your knowledge, your ability to navigate, direct, and lead is so important that we're going to put you out there and, you know, again, Cause that that that's got to be one of one of the all time uh, grand final moments in terms of uh, yeah him playing through that injury. Yeah, and I think it was well coached as well because he is a player that you can you can trust to like on some levels. I'm concerned about player welfare, but on the other, it's the, the player that he is. That's a decision that he would have been part of. So I don't know. I, well, I, I do care about player welfare, but I think. If it's going to be anyone, it's Cooper Cronk and he knows exactly what he's doing and he knew exactly how to play that. And, yes, his, his brain and his ability to direct is, was so important to them. So um, it turned out well in the end. So He's probably thinking, you know, it can't break it again. It's already broken. Yeah, but, I mean, like, how do you breathe? I mean, it's just – anyway, that, that, was, that was very, very special. Incredible career uh, there from, um, yeah, from Cooper Patrick 
Kronk. Um, you know, and honestly, he's he's still only 38 years of age. He'd probably be able to go out there and, and still um, brain it. But uh, all right, team, no sitting on the fence when it comes to our um, chats here. Uh, we now think about his Hall of Fame um, credentials as well as potential immortal status. So with all of these legends, that's some of our markers there. Mickey, where would you place Cooper Cronk? I feel like he'd be an immortal in the future for sure. I think, I don't know, as you said, like his CV is just ridiculous. Like I was looking at it earlier as well and I was like, oh, didn't realise he's, you know, won that award like that many times and, you know. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think we'll see him get that status in a few years' time. That's going to be so interesting. Look, for me, yeah, shoe in Hall of Fame, uh, absolutely. Uh, In terms of immortal status, I think he just misses out. I I feel like Cooper probably just lacks some of the physical attributes to, you know, really beat out a lot of his – because this era – when you think about some of these awards, it is going to be so competitive. So, look, if he was to do it, he's going to have to wait a significant period of time. I'm probably going to be long gone, uh, brown bread, before they, uh, you know, look back and bring him in. Because, you know, we still do that. We still go back and, you know, bring through some of the legends. But, yeah, probably in this generation, probably think he just misses out. But a shoe-in Hall of Famer and can definitely see why he's um, in, in, in the discussion. Cos, what about yourself? I think... Mixed between the both answers, I think he he will get there. But I think just the he's just played like we mentioned some of his teammates who were who were going to get in there before him. So it's just the just the way our perceptions are. I think um, when you look at his CV, like there shouldn't be any doubt. But the fact it's such a crowded field at the moment with the players that he came up with, um, but I think he's going to get there eventually because. Like, what a, he was an amazing player and did amazing things. So That's incredible. I mean, you think about the cohort that he would come in with. I mean, it would be pretty special. But, uh, yeah, let, let's see whether they make him wait or they bring a lot of people through at the same time. They seem to, you know, sort of tweak and change the rules a little bit in and around it as well. So, but there we go. Uh, one of the all-time greats, Cooper Cronk. All right, team, well, let's jump through to our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, team. Well, let's dive into this one. A bit of a Battle of the Legends uh, series here in the match. And this week we're focusing in on the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, we've kind of cheated a little bit and brought a current player into the equation just to kind of balance this out because uh, the two that are competing tonight is the great Matt Scott coming up against Jason uh, Tamalolo. And to be honest, Cos... We had to bring Jason into this equation to find anyone, respectfully, that could really go toe-to-toe with Matt in the middle when it comes to the Cowboys because Matt Scott, let's start there, he had an incredible career. Everyone loves Stumper. I think he was just, I don't, again, he's he's been overlooked a bit, I think, but um, in his time, he was one of the absolute best in the, in the middle there. The, so all-heart, strongest, solidest runner, um, just... Oh, he just did the work. Huge motor. Like people just bounce off. He bounced people off him. He was just so so strong and powerful. Um, great to watch. Love it when get a prop winding up and, and going hard. It's so interesting because he really just rode the wave of what's been a really interesting North Queensland um, experience. You know, like there were times when the Cowboys were. Oh, I'm trying to be <laughs> politically. 
pitiful. You know, they were really one of, you know, when they first came into the competition and, you know, when, when he was sort of coming through those early 2000s, they were still fighting their way. Then they had moments where they sparked and they had that incredible run and, you know, uh, Jonathan Thurston, obviously, and Matty Bowen. So they, they kind of rode that wave. But because it was good to see a guy who had really been put through the ringer. He'd been at a club who, you know, they had struggled um, early in his career and especially later in his career. He had some unbelievable injuries. But, you know, it, 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 it all it, it all kind of, you know, worked out. He was able to achieve so much. Yeah, he was also um, the co-captain when they won the premiership. I think we forget that too because he's always, I don't know, I don't, he's out in front but he's also in the background all the time. I think he doesn't quite get the kudos that he deserves for the hard work, like you said, he put in for many, many years for that club, on backbone of the club for a long, long time, of doing all the hard yards. So you know, I, don't, I, don't, I think we, we forget how, how good he was and we forget maybe some of the contributions that he made to the club, but yeah, he's, he's one of the best to, to have come out of North Queensland. He certainly was. Mickey, I know how great he was because the Newcastle Knights tried to sign this guy every time he came off contract. Um, and I don't know, like, did we get the restaurant wrong when he came to visit? Like, I, we even, we, like, we all knew about his event. Matt Scott's in town. We'll see if we can, you know, we get to get the seafood happening. I don't know. We're just going to have to rethink that and reflect on that because we did miss out on it. He did stay with the Cowboys, but... Mickey, 22 – well, let, let's go through his stats, right? So 268 games for the Cowboys, 22 for Queensland, 22 for Australia. I feel like he would have played more caps for Australia, Australia excuse me, had it not been for injuries. But, Mickey, when any representative team was selected, Queensland or Australia, during that period, Matt Scott was the first player picked. That says a lot about a player. Yeah, definitely. And, like, as you were saying, like, he didn't sign – with some one club player, like shows his loyalty, I guess, that he had for the Cowboys. Um, even when they were having their struggles, he just stuck by them. And I think that's such a important thing for a player to stick by a team when they are struggling like they are. It just shows a lot more about them as a person and a player than the one that's just like, you know, chasing the money or like chasing the wins and things like that. Um but yeah, I definitely. Oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, um, well, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's throw let's throw his um, competitor um, at you tonight, which is Jason Tamalolo. Again, we've cheated a little bit. We usually talk about retired players, but because um, I'll, I'll I'll quickly throw it at you, like you know, Jason is something we really haven't seen before. In fact, so much so that when when Jason came onto the scene, it literally made every NRL club take a step back and be like, hang on, you're taking the piss. You're putting this guy in a 13 jersey. He's literally running over the top of everyone. He's completely unstoppable. He just literally devastated the competition when he was at his peak. I love big Jason Tamalola. I think um, he is a whirlwind that, like you said, when he came in and was hitting peak form, it was just beautiful to watch, especially if you like the Cowboys. So, um, but he, he's one, he's not um, overlooked. People do know how good he is, but I think um, his problem is, or his issue is because there's such high expectations on him now. So if he's only making a hundred and however many meters, that's a bad game. Like that's what most other forwards aspire to is to make this. And, um, and then once they sort of figure out what his game plan is, you know, there's a lot of attention on him, so you know it takes four or five to get him down. 
Um, but I, I think he's just such a great player. Um, he's won the Cowboys Player of the Year five years in a row. Um, beat JT to do that as well. The snow mean feet. So I'm just gonna have um, to rename it after him. <laughs> he's won it so many times. Mickey, um, you know, we, we spoke about players that get taken for granted. Potentially, Jack White was in that situation at Origin. I mean, you know, what's your personal thoughts on Jason Tamalola? You follow the game, you know, you, um, you know, you, 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 you know, obviously assess some of the best players in that game. You know, what's your thoughts on Jason Tamalolo? In your mind, is he, is he the best of the best, or you know, does he sort of slip under the radar a little bit for you as well? Um, I think he's definitely up there. He's one that, like, you know, when he's on the field, like just the hits that he's making, I'm always like, oh, God, I would not like him running at me. <laughs> um, but even just um, in terms of him being a forward and the metres that he does make, as Cos was saying, like there was, I think it was 2017, he was one of the first forwards to make 5,000 run metres for the season. Like that's a a lot. And I, and Mickey, <laughs> you I'm, don't see that. I'm not even surprised. I, you know, the only thing that surprised me if he ran for 5,000 metres in a game because that <laughs> was – like he was just – you just couldn't tackle him. I, I mean, and and that's the thing. You talk about tackle tech and everything like that we can go through, but, you know, during the peak of his powers – and, I mean, look, you know, he's still 29 years of age, but, you know, he has lost a little bit of a step with a few of his injuries. But where do you tackle this guy? There, there's no right answer, by the way. Uh the answer is sit in the stands and watch this guy play. But, um, no, look, a very special player and, and someone who's still got a few more chapters to write. Um, and just the last thing on Jason Tamalolo, obviously, we'll talk more about his career at another time, but definitely respect what he's done um, in terms of Tongan Rugby League. You know, that is that is special. You know, that 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 is really special and has certainly contributed to, you know, maybe the revival of international rugby league, excuse me, and, and something we, we hope to celebrate at the end of the year with the World Cup. So, um, yeah, great work there. All right, team, a uh, bit of a tricky one. You've got Matt Scott, who achieved everything in his career. Justin Tamalolo, who's still sort of, um, you know, working his way through there. Where are you going with this one? Mickey, going to start with you. Yeah, I was going to start it. It's hard because I feel like Jason could get to a similar level to what Matt Scott has achieved. Because I think he is still on, like Jason's still on contract with um, Cowboys until 2027 or something. He signed like that crazy hectic deal, which was like also unseen, I swear. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like on the fence a little bit. Yeah, they were, and that's right, 10-year deal at a million dollars. Absolute bargain now, by the way. They they knew what they were doing there, the Cowboys. Uh, look, for me, it's Tamalolo. Uh, yeah, it doesn't ha- quite have the credentials or the runs on the board, but we haven't seen anything like him. Um, the game is moving away from his body type at the lock position, but that's okay. Moving in, well, look, nothing changes. It's just the number on his back. Um, but he'll be seen as like an out-and-out prop, and we'll still probably – you know, devastate and be one of the top players for a few more years yet. So, yeah, look for me. I've got Tamalolo. Uh, Cos, what about yourself? Yeah, in an alternate universe, Tamalolo plays for Queensland because he came over just, just at the cost of 13, plays junior pathways, played through cup and everything. But I think as my I love Thumper, but I think Tamalolo, I think just also the, the seismic shift that he was able to to create with the international game because, like, if you love rugby league, you need to see it strong at the international level. And I think the strength of him to go back to play for Tonga um, just really reinvigorated the game and it's so exciting. And I think, um, like, on and off field um, legacy, his 
will be incredibly strong for that. Um, the on-field stuff as well, he, like Matt Scott, he was fantastic, but I think it's, it's Tomalolo for me. Yeah, very, very special. And I think he would have made a few players retire. You know, there'd be a few sort of sore bodies in the off-season being like, I can't go around again. I'm not tackling Tamalolo. So uh, there we go. There's the match. All right, team. Well, let's dive into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're going all right, team, bit of a rapid one, nice and quick, because, you know, this could be its own three-hour podcast, this particular topic. But uh, we continue with our repair shop series, and which team rolls up to the shop this week? It is none other than my beloved, although sometimes not so beloved, Newcastle Knights. Mickey, please save us. Uh, what repairs should be made to the Newcastle Knights? Where is it going wrong for my club? Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? My first sort of thought and I guess only thought that I could think of with them was definitely like their spine, their six and seven. I don't know, like they're just, I don't know if they're just like not working together, if they're just not, yeah. I don't know, there's just something happening there that's just not happening. So I think they, yeah, need to look at, I don't know, developing that, um, if that's bringing in some different like half coaches to help that out. Look, it's, uh, you know, you've, you've definitely picked up on one of the big ones that, that's impacting us at the moment. I think there's a few things that go into it. I feel like, not to get on my high horse, but there is a bit of an issue with the pathway system when it comes to halves. There's just not as many coming through, which is a little bit of a challenge. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, we have kind of been respectfully patching it up a little bit with Jake Clifford, Adam Clune, um, you know, Milford, who's now off to the Dolphins. You know, we, we just, you know, and, and you can't afford to do that. You have to have a great six and seven and uh, every team's trying to do it. So it's very, very difficult. You know, where do the, where do the Knights go to? Where do they turn to? Um, I think there's a, few, there's, there's a few things there with that particular, with the halves situation. I know they are chasing um, Leon Price from the UK, uh, out, you know, one of the greatest players out there. His young fellow, Will Price, will probably move over to us in 24. It'll be interesting if we can get him next year. But I'd like to see... Again, a big support system put in and around him. I'd like to see him be a bench player, come in, ease him into it. You know, some players that I'd be really interested in is I feel like there's a potential divorce happening at the Sydney Roosters, very similar to the Mitchell Pearce situation. I've got a bit of a feeling that Luke Keary is not long for the Sydney Roosters. I really feel like Joey Manu's best position is six. Sam Walker's the future there. So the Knights should be hovering around that and just saying, Luke Keary, if they don't love you, we'll certainly love you with a big fat contract. So Luke Keary, um, and look, how could I not say this? I say this all the time, but Cooper Johns, you're spending all those years in the Melbourne Storm system, last name Johns, handy player. Uh, what are we doing? Like, yeah, it wouldn't be that expensive. So uh, there you go. Heard it from me. Heard it here first. Keary Johns uh, pairing into the future. That'd be pretty good. All right. Uh, let's move through. Cos, how do we fix the Knights? Oh, I'm not sure. There's a couple of little things there, but I think, uh, and when you say rebuild, it's a dirty word in rugby league, but I think they're still, they just need time. They're still going through um, trying to not, yeah, well, trying to fix up and, and adjust from the Tinkler and Bennett fallout years. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that's happened. You know, they just, they've got Ponga, but you need more support around him. He can't do it all by himself. Um, and in, in saying that too, probably need a bit more, luck with some injuries because you find some good players and then they get on there and then they hurt themselves and they can't stay on the field. So you need to have 
all the best players that you have currently available fit, firing, and on the field. So, like, it's easy for me to, like, poke fun at their, excuse me, their spine, their halves. But, you know, it, it, it took a while to figure out who was right, who was wrong, because, you know, they just didn't play together. Um, and obviously the Jaden Braley injury, that was massive for the Newcastle Knights. That absolutely basically wiped out the club. And then you look at a kid like Bradman Best. I mean, okay, there's a kid where nothing can go wrong, right? The kid is 103 kilos. He's 20 years of age. He just literally runs over the top of people but continues to get injured. And I know that he cops a little bit on social media now. I just feel like we need to rest. We need to sit him down. You know, he just needs get a little bit older, um, a little bit more conditioning because he is going to be a superstar. But even all of his injuries cause, there's people out there thinking that he's a bust. Bradman Best is going to be one of the game's best players. He just needs a run of football. Um, you can't be playing rugby league in, in two to three week patches and then, you know, it's uh, anyway, very, very difficult. Um, look, those, those weren't even my selections. You've just got me so fired up with the Newcastle Knights. You know, for me, one of the interesting situations the Knights have at the moment is you know, working out who to invest in because we've given people a go now. You know, not all of our uh, players at the Newcastle Knights 18, 19, 20 years of age. There are guys who are sort of, you know, mid-20s now, the Lachlan Fitzgibbons of the world, a few other players. We we know what these players are capable of. So, look, this is why you get paid the big bucks. Do you, do you, do you stick with them? Do you try and ride this out or do you look to do a little bit of a refresh it's going to be really interesting if Adam O'Brien's able to survive this, which players he sits down and be like, right, yep, Lachlan's a player I want to move forward with. This player, not so much. Um, but, you know, in saying all that, the Knights are one club that have to have a lot of depth because continue to have injuries each and every year. There we go. Did we solve it? I'm not sure. But I think I started the Luke Keary rumours heading to the Newcastle Knights. That's always a positive. And, hey, wouldn't we like to see a Johns uh, in that number seven jersey? I think that would work pretty well. All right, team. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. Uh, and to our listeners, uh, thank you so much for your support. We continue to watch our numbers rise each and every week. Uh, to continue to support us, it's pretty simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.